Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Cousins taking a deep shot. Jefferson's got separation, and he's got the catch. Inside the 40. Jefferson still going. See you later. Justin Jefferson, have a that was a positive thing that happened yesterday and mostly negative things in and around it. But that's uh, what we're going to break down here. All of the things that pertain to the Vikings 0-3 start and loss to the Tennessee Titans yesterday on this episode of Purple Daily. Powered in part by our friends at Corona Hard Seltzer, Declan Goff. Yeah, I think Justin Jefferson, uh, he kind of reminds me of, of what a mango... Corona Hard Seltzer should be like. You see it, you see the yellow can, right? Like you see this new, unique... Good looking can, but you don't really realize how good it is until you get a taste of it. And they didn't even they didn't even offer. And they the, never even had it on the menu for ridiculous. the first two weeks. But of you got to drink it, man. You but got you, to. You got to drink it. Is he the Corona Hard Seltzer uh, player of the game? Are we going to start doing that? Maybe I think, on Monday. I think that is. I would love to do a pie chart of praise eventually. Maybe a Corona Hard Seltzer uh, player of the game, and, and Justin Jefferson's that guy. How about a pie chart of praise just for Justin Jefferson? His hands get fifteen percent. Great dance his moves. Legs, yeah. His, his touchdown celebrations, phenomenal. <laughs> Great. Good stuff from Justin Jefferson. This month and every month throughout the year, discover Corona Hard Seltzer, the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes, with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, <laughs> cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike, sparkling water. With a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment in each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. You know, we give up a big play on defense. Um, you know, the, the last uh, possession when you got a chance to go down and win the game with a field goal is, is a complete disaster. You know, those are the things that are causing us to causing us to lose. And uh, you know, until I can figure out a way to get it through there, you know, we got a one yard run and we get a, a block in the back, and now it's first and twenty. You know, things like that that uh, that the good teams don't do. I don't know. Uh, I wasn't wasn't really looking at the rush. I'll have to watch the film, and then I could better answer that question. But um, you know, I think they they uh, got 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 uh, home a couple times, and um, you know, just wasn't wasn't our best drive. No, it was it was not the best drive, uh, nor was it the best defense, nor was it the best anything really yesterday. Uh, a game, I think, ultimately that leading up to the final score, Judd Zolgad, Phil Mackey, Declan Goff here on Purple Daily that brought a lot of positive vibes and feelings up until the end. Justin Jefferson has his breakout game 
a little bit reminiscent of like that Randy Randy Moss Green Bay or Randy Moss Dallas, where it's just like, whoa, this guy is. This isn't just a project. This isn't just someone that caught a couple passes. This is like a superstar breaking out in the NFL and overshadowed by chaos at the end on that drive, bad offensive line play, and an 0-3 start, Judd Zolgad. Yeah, besides that, it's great, though. It is. Everything's going really well. So let's just let's just waste no time. Let's get right into it. Let's fire up some appropriate music here. Every Monday on the show, we deliver our Vikings statements Things that we learned, things that we observed, whatever it may be. Viking statements from not only the game against the Titans, but the 0-3 overall start. Judd, go ahead. All right. You uh, tee off. I'm actually going to start off with a positive. And it's not Jefferson's huge day, which which was a breakout game. But we should be, my statement is this, we should be talking way more about the fact that Dalvin Cook rushed for 181 yards on 22 carries with a touchdown. By the way, that's an average of 8.2 yards per carry yeah. and also caught two passes for 18 yards. Dalvin Cook had a monster game. This is the game when, when you uh, decided to sign him to that contract now three weeks back and we're all like, whoa, whoa, hold on a sec. We need we need to see a lot. This is the definition of a lot. Now you lost, and, and unfortunately, between the loss and uh, Jefferson's huge game, it sort of gets lost. But my statement is, we should be talking way more about one of the great days that Dalvin Cook has had since being drafted by the yeah, Vikings. And like, think about this: he also caught two passes for eighteen yards. So yeah. he had he had one hundred ninety nine yards of total offense in that game yesterday. So you have one player go for let's round it up to two hundred yards of total offense. You have another player go for 175 yards on seven catches. You can't lose that game. You can't lose that game, and we're gonna and we're gonna get to a lot of the reasons why. But you can't you can't play as poor defensively, and you can't bungle the last drive the way that the Vikings did when all you need is a field goal to win. Like you just wasted two great performances, two of the best offensive performances we've seen in the last handful of years, really in the Mike Zimmer era. You know, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen have done this a couple times on the receiving end, but uh, this was one of the best performances of Dalvin Cook's career. Just, but it just feels wasted. And by it? the way, the Vikings are the first NFL team <laughs> this is great. to have one player record 175 rushing yards and another player have 175 yards receiving in the same game, regardless of win or loss. That's never actually happened Wait, before. That's never happened before. That's never happened what? before. And guess what? And you the still record, lost. And the record is 0 and 1. Still lost. First time in NFL First history time. and the record's 0 and 1. Think about that. But Dalvin Cook was spectacular. I, I again Peak Vikings. I referenced the fact that every time he was handed the ball on Sunday, Dalvin Cook averaged eight point two yards a carry. Think about that. Not four yards, not like six yards, which would be fantastic. Eight point two. Two yards off of 10 yards per carry. Amazing. Amazing. Also, okay, I don't know what, like, the historical... There's, We probably have to talk to, like, ESPN stats and information or something, but usually yards per play kind of tells you in the NFL who dominated the game, who won the game, right? It's not always foolproof, but... Like, if, uh, if, if it's, you know, one team had five and a half yards per play, the other team had uh, three yards per play, like, all right, the team that had five and a half yards per play probably won, barring a bunch of turnovers, all right? Sure. That's kind of the story of this game. Like the Vikings averaged seven and a half yards per play offensively. That's nuts. That's a great day at the office. Now they allowed six yards per play defensively, which is bad. That's bad. Yep. But for there to be a one and a half yard per play difference between the two teams and for you to lose that game is a rarity. Like you, you would not see that very often 
in the NFL. Um, but here we are. Vikings setting his But Delvin Cook, bravo. What a day. Have a day, man. All right, Viking statements. Declan Goff. Yeah, Justin Jefferson has arrived, and I know that's obviously like probably the biggest statement from this game with seven catches and 175 yards, but you've been waiting for the guy to break out. And, you know, I, I did see some slander from Vikings fans of, of pip- typical, like a little bit of passive-aggressive of, yeah, Stephon Diggs, we didn't need you. By the way, like Stephon Diggs still is Stephon Diggs and is probably a top-five wide receiver, but I guess we can't just enjoy that without pouting on him a little bit. That being said, Justin Jefferson, this is exactly why you draft him. You didn't think he'd explode like this right away. Where was he the first two weeks? We can debate whose fault that truly is. But I think the, fa- the fact that Justin Jefferson has emerged here is going to make things a lot easier and at least more watch books. We all can agree yesterday's game was a fun game. Yep, and, and I, I would say this. So he had, what, seven catches? or I'm sorry, he had seven of his nine targets in the first half. He had nice Catches that set up uh, scores, I think, of 33 and 31 yards. But the play that stands out to me as just the holy cow play, it's the third quarter 71-yard touchdown. And it's not just the catch and run. It's the fact, I think it was around the 18-yard line of the Titans, Phil, that he cut and the two defenders collided. Like, I mean, that's a hell of an instinctual cut there in play. So this is, to me, what, what we saw what Jefferson did on Sunday was not just some nice game and, oh, yeah, let's see. It was uh, definitive statements by him of ability that will carry on. And now the key is, and we talked about this on the show earlier, he can't have zero targets in the fourth quarter. But that that being said, he did things, I thought, on Sunday that were, okay, he gets it, and he is prepared to get the ball in games a lot yes, from there, here on out. It was it was an oh my god factor that I remember distinctly from the nineteen ninety eight season. And I you know, I, I I'm not gonna put him on the Randy Moss level because Randy Moss is one of the for my money, one of the two greatest wide receivers who's ever stepped foot in the NFL, Jerry Rice being the other one. But just some of the things he was doing and the the way that he was just sort of joy sticking his way around the football field and mm-hmm. gaining those one hundred and seventy five yards, you know, the the first part of me was Wow, this dude, this isn't just like a fluke where you, you see BC, uh, BC Johnson have a big game. It's like, no, this was, you're watching this play out and you're literally watching a guy become one of the 15 best wide receivers in the NFL right now. And then the other part of me was kind of what you were saying. Um, where was this in the fourth quarter? <laughs> yep. And where was this in the first two games? And I'm not going to be super hard on the Vikings coaches for the first two games thing because, I don't know, sometimes... They didn't have preseason games, like it was shortened practices. You know, they were probably just, let's just get this guy eased into the NFL. Well, I think he's eased in now. So you can just look for him a hundred times. You think he's ready now? (laughs) I think he's good to go. (laughs) Try to find him in the fourth quarter of a close game next time. That would be the the advice here. Um so many, so many potential statements here. I would say I'll start out with this one, all right? This was a good loss for the Vikings. If you have already come to terms with reality, mm-hmm. which I think this show has, we, this show had after the first two losses mm-hmm. come to terms with, all right, for a multitude of reasons, this is just not a great team. They looked much better in week three than they did in the first two weeks. Obviously, the offensive output minus the, the train wreck final drive and uh, and a pick six that got called back, which was egregious, but... The, the offense looked a lot better. The defense was a little bit bend but don't break, holding Tennessee to some field goals, even though they give up a ton of yards. Um, so I think you saw enough positives to make you feel good about Justin Jefferson, make you feel good about Dalvin Cook and the contract. 
But ultimately, they stay right at the top of the tank for Trevor and fail for Fields group of teams. I don't think they're it's as bad. Be tight race, by the way, it is. I don't think the Vikings are as bad as some of the other teams that are at the at the bottom of the standings. And so it'll be. I think it'll be up to the the schedule gods to to let the second half shake out. But um, but ultimately, this was not a bad loss if you're looking for silver linings and also the best possible draft pick in 2021. Agree completely. And because to me, what this what 2020 uh, for the Vikings, if you either are with the organization or a fan of the team, needs to be about is development. Right? Like it's it's take your young players who you need to develop, and in some cases, just flat out see what they can do, and let them play. And so the corners got burned, but you know what? We're learning more. And I think Jeff Gladney can play. It's going to be tough, and he's gonna, and there's going to be games where it's going to be bad, but I don't think that he's a train wreck. Colton Hill, I'm beginning to think, might be the, the second coming of a guy like Marcus McCauley. He might not. But, you know, we're going to find that, that out. Jefferson can play. And so I think the most distressing thing is the Packer game or Colt game games were just sort of these awful, what did you learn about your team? Your team just stunk. It, for the most part, embarrassed itself. Sunday was a tough loss, but it's not embarrassing. And yes, there are mistakes made. And yes, we're going to learn that some of these kids simply cannot play. But if you separate the ones that can and and go from there into 2021, I don't think your path to being good again is is off by like five years. Yeah. Uh, I don't look at the Vikings as a train wreck. I look at the Vikings right now as a not very good team that assumptions were made that they were going to be better than this. Those assumptions were wrong. Now the question becomes, what can you learn? Because that's done. Like, you can't go back and be like, we really should have signed a veteran corner, like everyone said. Um, So, yeah, I'm with you. I think of the three defeats. This is the first one I watched and thought, okay, yeah, I can see it. This this feels. I saw Mike Rand. I think he might have posted something about this on StarTribune.com. I saw him tweet. This was the first game in the Mike Zimmer era that really truly felt like a Mike Tice era loss or a Leslie Frazier era loss, where your offense does enough, you put up four hundred plus yards, and like there's a break a breakout performance or something. Yep. And the defense gives up thirty plus points, or which never happens. Like you lose a game at the end. Right. You know. I think we've kind of gotten used to in the Mike Zimmer era. More often than not, if not almost all the time, when there's a close game and you have a chance to win and you're leading, you don't allow that field goal or you don't allow that touchdown. You generally stand sure. strong and, and the defense comes through. And there's just not enough good players on this defense right now, especially with the Neil Hunter out, mm-hmm. to guarantee that happening. Absolutely. Uh, Viking statements back over to Declan. Yeah. And he had a boneheaded penalty, but where, where, what's up with Herb Smith? Like I really, I'm just kind of confused here. On I don't know if it's the usage. He he's had two, I think, now back to back weeks where he's made some pretty costly penalties that have hurt the Vikings as well. And we knew the tight end sets with him and Kyle Rudolph were supposed to be like this big staple in, in the zone blocking scheme of Gary Kubiak. And so far, I mean, I would say, and it might not be all his fault, but he's been the most disappointing Vikings player on offense. I really think that is it his fault though. Zero targets yesterday. He had like, five five or six the week before. It's confusing. But I, yeah. I don't know that if I would pin him as being disappointing. I would say the lack of use of Irv Smith to me is what I don't get. You know, and, and obviously, like any offensive nitpick, kind of goes back to well, whatever the formula was, they put up thirty plus points and they it worked. So it's it's hard to really hammer them too much. And Justin Jefferson broke out and became a star. 
Uh, and Kyle Rudolph, there are three certainties in life, as I tweeted yesterday. Death, taxes, and Kyle Rudolph's soft hands and heavy feet in the back of the end he's zone, He's so baby. good in the post, man. Man, that was You a just catch. get that basketball to him, and he's going <laughs> to slam it home every time. Uh, Unbelievable. But every time I see, like, C.J. Ham with two targets and Irv Smith with zero, I'm like, eh, I'm, not, I'm not anti-C.J. Ham getting a swing pass once in a while. But, but where are we the tight ends? Where are they? The consistency there is just very odd to me. Yeah, Gary Kubiak uh, oftentimes has been a Poor Gary. a pro tight end offensive mastermind. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where Irv Smith was yesterday. Mm-hmm. All right, Viking statements. I got one for you. I got one too. I got a Cousins one for you. I do too. Okay, mine is are we, not. Are just are we gonna go, are we gonna do the Cousins deep dive right now? Mine is not. No, no, no. Because this is actually an off the field statement. Okay. When did Kirk Cousins go to the Christian Ponder School of post-game press conferences? All right, which clips do you want to hear? If you have anything on, look at the film. There's I don't know. Uh, I wasn't wasn't really looking at the rush. I'll have to watch the film, and then I oh. could better answer that question. But um, you know, I think they they uh, got 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 uh, home a couple times, and um, you know, just wasn't wasn't our best drive. I think we we ran the ball, you know, well and consistently. I think uh, we did a better job with time of possession. Um, I think we had some explosive plays, and um, you know there were a, a few things we can build on. Certainly, so anytime you you know, almost have 500 yards of offense and score uh, 30 points, you're you're doing something correct. And, and even that thir- there's a third one on there too, where Courtney asks him, "Hey, like you know, you did put up 31 points. Things are good. What worked for you?" Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I have a good answer for you, Courtney. <laughs> I think it was a uh, just you know I'm just kind of going play to play and. Going where my reads take me. Okay. At some point in time here soon, can we find any Ponder post game and and play it alongside Kirk post game? I swear to God. I mean, for, forget the defensive meltdown being Frazier era like, which also coincides with the Ponder years. Forget all of that. I really think the biggest similarity between the 2020. Vikings and like the 2012 team or 13 team, it's Cousins has turned into Ponder post game. I, I, I just found some random stuff here from like six years ago. Okay. Obviously, it's, it's very important in every game, and especially when you're on the road. I mean, you never want to give the home team you know that much momentum, and, and we kept doing that last week. And, and obviously, we got to keep the ball in our hands and, and convert on third downs and keep the ball in our hands and, and keep our defense off the field. So um, you know, they're not on the field the whole time. <laughs> it feels like he's just sort of saying things. Just generalities, things. right? Well, the thing that really stood out is that the, one of these quotes that we just played where he says, listen, anytime you put up 500 yards of total offense and score 30 points, that should be enough is basically what he said, right? And he's right. He's right. But that brings us to my next Viking statement. Okay. Okay. Kirk Cousins is the common denominator with Vikings end-of-game chaos for the last three years. I know that against the Saints in the playoffs, he threw a great dime of a pass to Adam Thielen, and he absolutely deserves that whatever moment to be put on his mantle for the rest of his career. He doesn't have to give that back, okay? But that wasn't the end of his career, okay? Like, there are more games to be played. There are more things to be accomplished Looking for more out of your franchise quarterback in situations like that. Can you replicate that in more situations? And I keep coming away yesterday. I know the offensive line wasn't great. I know there was a bad snap. Some of that might have been on Kirk. Maybe there was miscommunication. 
But why is it that almost every single time outside of that Saints game last year that Kirk Cousins is in similar situations? You got the ball. There's two minutes left. There's three minutes left. Need a drive. It turns into a chaotic mess. Why is that? Why am I watching the Seattle Seahawks last night? Late drive in the fourth quarter. It's smooth. It's organized. It's poised. It's calm. The offensive line wasn't perfect, but Russell Wilson has a full command. Because he can make plays. He's got the 100% confidence he's going to dagger the defense. Someone who can rise above adverse circumstances. And it's like every time outside of the Saints game, every time Kirk drowns in the moment. Why are you asking Dex and I to assess something when it's very clear, Phil, that we haven't watched the film yet, okay? As soon as we watch the film, we'll get back to you. I'm sure the film will tell us. Yeah, I don't have a good answer for you right and, now, Phil. And then um, it'll be... On to the Texans. Hey, back to Purple Daily in just a moment here, but a quick shout-out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated's one of us. Owatonna, Minnesota, since 1904, and they've been helping business owners ever since. Over 100-plus years of experience, they are honored to serve and help protect your business. When you need Federated, Federated is here to help face-to-face, socially distanced, of course, And you can go to the website, federatedinsurance.com, to find out more about the resources and the different types of industries that Federated protects as well. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Phil, I watched that film, and I'm going to tell you right now, we're on to the Texas. I uh, love football. I love quarterbacks. I I love Kirk and Ponder. Spoken the greatest generalities of all time. Well, and well he, I mean, you just want to win the game and go out there. And I mean, the defense is doing a lot of things. Right. And here's the thing. Like, even even Kirk, even Kirk. Okay. I'm going to play this one more time. All right. Just listen to this. I think we, we ran the ball, you know, well and consistently. I think uh, we did a better job with time of possession. Um, I think we had some explosive plays. And, um, you know, there were a, a few things we can build on, certainly. So anytime you, you know, almost have 500 yards of offense and score... Uh, 30 points you're you're doing something correct okay and i don't even disagree with him like you're doing something correct when you put up that 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 amount of yardage and points and everything okay but but ultimately there are there are so many different types of game flows and so many different ways in which an nfl game winds down to like the last portion of the fourth quarter sometimes it's a shootout sometimes it's a defensive battle but oftentimes it's a close game and a quarterback has the ball in his hands with a chance to either drive for a winning field goal or drive for a touchdown, whatever it is, right? right. And in those situations, right. Kirk Cousins facilitates chaos. Now, some of that's because Garrett Bradbury gets trucked, and I get there are certain things that like are just tougher for him to avoid because he's not mobile. And so I'm not saying that the, that the offensive line played great. But let's go through an exercise real quick here in terms of common denominator themes with Cousins in these spots. Number one, he... He's winless on Monday Night Football. All right? Mm-hmm. Is that just like, is he just the unluckiest guy ever? Like, oh, man, like he's been great in all those games. And like it's what, nine games everything now? around him is a disaster, right? It's like nine games now, too. Yeah. He has two game-winning drives as a Vikings quarterback, including playoffs. Two. Mm-hmm. In in two years and, and, and a month, okay? Josh Allen has ten over that same stretch. Ryan Tannehill has nine. Derek Carr has seven. And the Raiders are like a four-win team in one of those years, weren't they? Derek Carr has seven. Yep. And so, again, when Cousins gets the ball and a chance to win late in a game, yesterday, the Green Bay game last year at Lambeau, Chicago, yep. like I could keep rolling these off, far more often than not, chaos ensues. And so we're left with one of two conclusions. Either 
He's just the unluckiest quarterback ever, and he's a shining star with a bunch of bums around him, like LeBron James in Cleveland. Like, everyone around him is J.R. Smith, not knowing what the score is, right? (laughs) Or maybe, just maybe, he is the main common denominator at the center of the chaos. And so I know there's people screaming, like, the offensive line was terrible. Like, I get it, but you're not going to have a clean sheet every time you drop back. Watch, Watch games in the NFL. Watch how often quarterbacks have an actual clean sheet that gives them a half hour to throw. It never happens. Like, it rarely happens. And so the best quarterbacks, even the ones who aren't very mobile, find ways to move around the pocket, take a step to the right, whatever that may be, to actually make a play. And so Kirk is just one of the worst quarterbacks at doing that, and it, and it stood out on that final drive yesterday. Let me Excuse give me. you another C word instead of chaos, okay? Careful, I'm going to give you a C word. Careful. I'm going to give you a C. And I'm really, I'm worked up here, so I'm going to use it. Careful. I'm going to get, and it's the last series, not chaos, confidence. Oh. You have none. Okay, let's look at this drive. Let's take a deep breath. And let's look at this drive as an outsider who just likes football, okay? You got the ball back. Ultimately, because of the uh, roughing the passer penalty on your own 40, okay? There was 144 on the clock, not 10 seconds. The confidence should have been, oh my God, 144 is a ton of time in this league. You want the ball. Like, this is winning time. This is not, this is not hyperventilating time. This is a winning. In, in fact, in fact, I would argue that with the quarterbacks who you have the most. C word again, confidence in. Oof, careful. I would, because I am worked up. I would argue that with those guys, 144 and possession of the ball almost is can you drag the drive to score with no time left? Yes. Not, can you not it? oh my God, can we get down the field? Where's my mommy? Correct. Okay. So I would say that that drive is ideal. And in fact, if you have a top QB, you're actually trying to matriculate, as they say in football, down the field slowly to kick the winning field goal as time expires. So it's not a hurry up and get down there and I got to throw and now I got to throw this pass and now a hail mary time. No, yes. no, not at all. In fact, in fact, the the, the uh, hail mary pass was picked off and the Titans got the ball back with 58 seconds left again. At your own 40, a winning time drive. You can get down there. The second thing is the soundbite that you played uh, from Kirk about the yardage of points being good enough is the passive-aggressive nature of him, I think, mainly telling his head coach, I did enough. Your guys didn't. Which, Which, by the way, might be true. Here's the problem, though. Don't say it. Don't say it, and you are the quarterback. What you need to say is, I've got to do better. That last drive was chaos. That can't happen. And next time that I get the ball back in winning time, 144 left, it won't happen. And the Kirk, Kirk's lack of ability to recognize any of those things, which is a mental thing, is the starting point of the conversation of why he's not a quarterback that can take you to and or win a championship. Yeah. I mean, it is like... How's that for C words? I'm just glad that you didn't get us fired there. Thank you. I'm just glad. I got an F word. I've got an S word. And those are the ones that will get us fired when I'm thinking about Kirk Cousins. <laughs> but, you know, I and again, I, I get it. Like, you watch that last drive and Garrett Bradbury is getting forklifted up off the line of scrimmage. Sure. And Drew Samia was a disaster. And I, and I am not 
letting those guys off the hook. Sure. But I almost feel like, because we watch these Vikings games very intently, and then we watch the red zone version of the rest of the league, right? People tend to think that the Vikings defensive or that the Vikings pass protection and offensive line is, you know, trash, god awful, and the worst in the NFL, and everybody else has a brick wall that's standing up protecting the quarterback. Well, I'll just give you this. Pro football focus has the Vikings not as a good pass protection team by any means, but but pro football focus has multiple teams last year into this year as worse than the Vikings offensive line Mm -hmm. and those quarterbacks still find ways to operate okay the Vikings last year were middle of the pack um as an offensive line overall they were like I don't have in front but they're like between 15th and 20th I want to say I could pull it up just to make sure that I'm 100% sure here but my main point here is it's not going to be perfect and it's up to you to overcome some adverse circumstances once in a while Mm -hmm. not every single time but once in a while when you got the ball in your 40 yard line and you only need 25 yards to go to kick a field goal, can you just find a way once in a while to get those 25 yards? It's not that much of an ask. Correct. Absolutely. Anyways, um, pass blocking in the NFL last year, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Chargers, uh, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Falcons, like all of them were either right around the Vikings or worse. I mean, it's just like like Carolina, Jacksonville. Like, there's other. Seattle's there's, had some awful lines, absolutely awful lines. Mm-hmm. Make, so. You have to make plays. Look, the, the the play that came 11 years ago yesterday on the far play, on that last play, as I recall it, Patrick Willis is basically in Brett's face. Brett takes the football and rakes it around. Willis, who flies by him, I believe, basically, yes. or, or or is about to hit him. He rakes the ball and then reshuffles it and throws that dart. Kirk Cousins right now, unfortunately, and it, this is now and forever as Kirk is concerned, can't make any part of that play. And that and when you're paying a guy that much, it's an issue. Like, you can't just be like, oh, he, it's not his fault and too bad. Um, but I think what bothers me the most is the fact that that Kirk saw what he did as being good enough as if that's the excuse to go home, sit in the bark a lounger and say, oh, that's too bad our defense didn't play well. It's not my fault. I think that bugs me the most because that's one where where you need to accept responsibility. You've lost three games, two of which I think you were terrible in. And the fact that it all seems to be sort of over his head or pass yeah. him by that he owns a responsibility if there's a starting point to what bothers me about him, I think it's that. The other thing I would add to this here, and, and we will do plenty more of this throughout the week in terms of just evaluating the offense and Kirk Cousins is when he says, when the final drive train wrecks the way that it did, and his response after the game is, I mean, we put up 30 points. I don't know what else he wants to do. It's basically what he said, right? That's almost like a golfer saying, well, I mean, I drove the ball well. Yep. My irons were great. Oh, should be enough. Right. Well, did you did you make putts? Like, did you did you sink a fifteen footer? Did you sink a twenty footer? Like, did, like to me, end game is equally as important as the rest of the game. Like, and coaches forget about this with their game and clock management and timeout management too. Well, I schemed. What do you want me to do? I put together a game plan and a blueprint. I coached them all up. Right, but did you burn all your timeouts in the third quarter? 
and leave yourself with nothing at the end of the game. And I now feel you're bad challenge, <laughs> right? And now you're wondering like, well, why didn't we have a chance at the end of the game? Like, right. being on point at the end of a game is important. And and <laughs> and and I think we should probably add statement game here real quick. The offensive line was a disaster too. Drew Samia was one of the worst graded players of the season, according to Pro Football Focus. And Garrett Bradbury was god awful yesterday as well, and he was bad on that last drive. Where's Pat Elfline? And yeah, never well, thought I'd say that. Yeah, whatever happened wow. to Pat Elfline? Can, can they bring him back? God. So uh, right guard is a is a problem for the Vikings here, and and that is not we, we are not sitting here trying to minimize that as well. But I just think like. Offensive lines aren't perfect across the league, and other quarterbacks overcome it once in a while to gain 25 yards for a game-winning field goal. Phil, though, so. I am with your point. Ultimately, that is a productive loss. I really think that that's a, if that's a win in December or January or some point, we look back and are like, why'd you really win that game? So I think your starting point is correct, which is it's a good loss. It was fun to watch, entertaining game. You saw some good things. Jefferson Cook, right? Like, there's some really good things there. Um, I'll just never forget 2011 and those three miserable wins. No excuse for them. The Arizona win, yeah, okay. But Washington and Carolina, you never look back at those wins and said, you know what, that was a really fun day. Here's your competition right now, winless teams. If you are rooting for the Vikings to to finish with the highest possible draft pick, there are eight winless teams currently in the NFL. Now, Philadelphia and Cincinnati tied each other yesterday, so technically those teams are at the top of the pack. And that's just going to cause problems down the line. You know it will. Those ties will. I hate ties. I hate them. In the NFL, they just they mess with my mind. Yeah, the math gets weird. Yeah. But there are six bona fide 0-3 contenders yep. for Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields right now. The Vikings, the Texans, they play each other this weekend, so and I think something's got to give. And I think the Texans, because of their quarterback, are actually going to, should have a better record than the Vikings. They've right. also played the most brutal schedule. They've played yeah. Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Ben Roethlisberger okay. right out of the gate. I so. think the Texans will probably get up to about six, don't you guys? Oh, yeah. I, I could say, well, they have a tough schedule, too. Their strength of schedule is the toughest but they've already gone through the toughest part True. of their tough schedule. I just don't True, think so. Deshaun can completely stink. I agree. Yeah, I would. I would bet on the Texans to win more games than the Vikings, but I don't. Okay, I, don't know, I wouldn't die on that hill. All right. The New York Giants, the Denver Broncos are both atrocious football teams. The New York Jets, the, the Jets are Adam Gaze. Oh the, my god. The Falcons should like the Falcons have had twenty point leads on everybody. The Falcons shouldn't be on three, but here we are. So I would say the real contenders, like the title belt contenders for. <laughs> Top of the draft pick. Yes. Uh, top of the, the draft, number one. The Jets, the Broncos, the Giants, for sure ahead of the Vikings. Those are those are bad football teams. Yeah. The Vikings have some really good components, but are just injuries. and. The Vikings have to be bad enough in the first part of their schedule, the first half, that they check out for the second half. That's your hope. Like, but, you need the veterans just to mentally disengage. And I don't know, like I just I don't think like Harrison Smith is going to mentally disengage. He's not. Like, I'd like to talk to him. <laughs> can I can I get a conference with Harry? So here here's the schedule, right? So at Houston, at Seattle, at Seattle's a loss. Loss. There's no way they win the game. <laughs> By how much? At Houston's a coin toss. Home against Atlanta's kind of a coin toss. Then you get a bye. At Green Bay, <laughs> that is shaping up for a bad a bad news afternoon for the Vikings. Yeah. And then you get home against Detroit at Chicago, Dallas. Like then it gets there's some there's some winnable games in there, but 
it's conceivable the Vikings could start like one and five or one and six here mm-hmm. out of the gate. And that would put them in an interesting position uh, coming out of their bye week. We need the Falcons. The we need the Falcons to make a coaching change here soon because I think that they would get a little bit of a burst because they're not a terrible football team. I think they would get a little bit of a burst from uh, Quinn being fired, and I think they could beat the Vikings if they have a new coach and and sort of reengage themselves for a few weeks. So I'd like to see the Falcons make a coaching change here pretty soon. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll keep up. We'll keep up on Tankathon.com, which is updating these mock drafts every day. In fact, I will tease this for either tomorrow or later in the week. They've got another quarterback going to the Vikings. I mean, you can just go look on Tankathon.com. But we'll we'll talk. We'll do it. We'll do an I want mock draft. But don't don't go look. No, because we're going to tell you. Wait for the episode. We're going to tell you when we yep. come back. Also, we're still doing our Corona Hard Seltzer Ultimate Home Tailgate Party giveaway. We're giving away a 65 inch TCL TV with a sound bar. We're giving away two hundred dollars worth of Grunhofer's meats. And $100 to MGM Wine and Spirits for you to potentially buy some Corona Hard Seltzer with. You can enter in one of two ways. Just go to scorenorth.com, click on rewards. You'll see it as the first giveaway right there. Just click on it, and then you can enter. Or download or open the Score North app. It's free in the Apple and Google Play stores. Just register your name and your email and enter through Listener Rewards. Thanks to our partners here, Corona Hard Seltzer, TCL TVs, Grunhoffers, and MGM Wine and Spirits. All right, Vikings and Texans, pillow fight on the horizon. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing, and we'll see you next time on Purple Daily. Hey, everyone, it's Mackey. Join your favorite Minnesota sports teams for Home Teams versus Hunger now through September 30th. During this one-of-a-kind fundraiser, you can bid on amazing sports items, unique team experiences, autographed merchandise packages, and more. All proceeds will benefit Second Harvest Heartland, and Minnesota's six Feeding America food banks. To view a complete list of items or to bid, go to scorenorth.com, keyword home teams. Scorenorth.com, keyword home teams. It's time to come together to help feed those in need. Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards.